The Tablet Show, episode 89, with guest Laurent Pugnon. Recorded live Friday, June 14th, 2013. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Laurent Bougnon about his experience building tablet applications. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support, online at telerik.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Hey, this is Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is The Tablet Show. We're in Norway, in Oslo, Norway, at the Norwegian Developers Conference 2013. And uh, I know you can't look around, but we'll, maybe we'll show some B-roll footage. It's a very, very cool conference, and this is the last day. And we had a great time last night. Actually, we're having a great time every night. Yeah, it's always a great time when we come to Norway. But uh, if you haven't checked it out, ndcoslo.com, a great conference. Anywhere, if you're anywhere in Europe. And a lot of uh, North American speakers, too. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they bring some of the best from everywhere. Uh, Bob Martin is a fixture. He's here every year. Scott Guthrie's here this year, too. That's right. We interviewed Scott on uh, .NET Rocks just yesterday. Well, let's get started with Better Noah Framework. All right, what do you got? So the, the API for WinRT for Windows 8.1 has been kind of leaked. Really? Yeah. Justin Angel put up a blog post where he uh, used Reflection to go... Uh, here's how here's how it, it's the pre-beta Windows 8.1 WinRT developer APIs. Go to tinyurl.com/win81rtapi. Uh, how he says it is Windows 8.1 images contain WinMD files describing their embedded Windows 8.1 developer APIs. It's possible to get to Win8.1's WinMD files and then compare them to existing Windows 8 WinMD files. And so this entire article is based upon using reflection to see the differences in those APIs. And it's pretty astounding what's coming here. Uh, Bluetooth 4.0, RFCOM, and GAT support, point of sale, barcode scanners, and magnetic card readers, smart cards, support for lock screen image apps, uh, VPN support for Metro apps, scanner APIs and apps, support for any external USB device, native PDF rendering and apps, multiple screens projection support in apps, XAML WinJS has a new resolution scaling support, super high resolution tablets. Camera is a support for low lag cameras and HDR. New Metro type apps, appointments, lock screen contacts, and GeoLoc. A new app type, GeoFenced Activation. Another app type, Lock Screen Call. And another is Appointments Provider, Text to Speech. Wow, cool. Yeah, no, I. There's no speech recognition yet. I don't see that on this list anyway. Uh, Read-write access to camera roll, save pictures and playlist. In XAML WinJS, new search box control and hubs for semantic zoom. In XAML, uh, date picker and time picker, menu flyout and settings menu flyout, app bar simplification and data binding improvements. Uh, in globalization, we have currencies, numeral systems, and numerical formatters. And then he's got a disclaimer, please don't sue me. Well, and in the end, he hasn't actually stolen anything. He's just compared what was publicly available and provided a list. Right. And it is based on a leak. So, And the date on the article is uh, 
May 20th, 2013. And there are a few uh, comments there. Again, take everything with a grain of salt because this is just based on leaked stuff and uh, who knows what's actually going to be in there. But it does look promising. Yeah, really interesting. It sort of speaks to the future of what the tablet's going to look like. You know, I'm very aware of the fact that Samsung's making 2560 by 1600 10-inch displays. You can make a heck of a tablet out of that. And their support for high resolution speaks to supporting exactly that. Uh, yeah, okay, great. So we'll we'll uh, talk to uh, Laurent about that in just a few minutes. But first, somebody's talking to us, Richard? Why, absolutely. And this comment comes from show 88, and that's the panel discussion we did at DevTeach on mobile development. We had Atlee and, and Wei Meng and Tom Oppengorth on it. That was a fun panel because we ended up, you know, we, we were going to do it in the bar, and it was so loud in the bar that we went up to, to the private room and actually recorded it there. And a great group of people and a wide, diverse uh, experience. But all very pro-native. There was no real HTML advocate on building mobile apps. But that gave a really interesting flavor to the conversation. And they all really liked the Xamarin stuff, too, which was interesting. Yeah, and Tom actually works for Xamarin. So, yeah, it was really a great grouping. This comment comes from Scott Nimrod, who says, I'm disappointed in Microsoft's marketing strategy. To both developers and consumers, Microsoft is not playing the card that it is strongest in. Specifically, Microsoft is not setting the spotlight on the business opportunities for corporate developers to take advantage of. Instead, the company continues to promote entertainment apps that are either free or cost next to nothing to use. In addition, Microsoft has advocated quantity over quality, quote, sorry, Atlee. Does the world really care about 200,000 worthless apps? I am not a bored teenage girl. I'm a small business looking for tools in the Windows 8 store to support my productivity needs. As a result, I don't need 20,000 iFart apps. I simply need quality apps that move my business forward. Today, iOS and Android stores flood the market with worthless apps that obscure search results. I'm not sure why, but Microsoft has decided to mimic these companies instead of differentiating itself from them. Microsoft is not Apple or Google. As such, Microsoft should consider promoting its brand as a platform for premium apps that actually solve problems and not a collection of people breakdancing around their surfaces. And that's from Scott Nimrod. Well, you know, Scott, while the apps were not written by Microsoft, Microsoft certainly did encourage people to write lots of apps and, you know, did dangle that carrot of, hey, if you get in on the ground floor now, you could be the next success story. And most people put two and two together and think, okay, I just need to make a stupid little app that I can make a lot of money with. And I do think that... Microsoft consciously was concerned there wasn't enough apps in the store, and so try to push to that 100,000 number, although they seem recently to have changed their tune now. It's like now that they've crossed that threshold, there seems to be a lot more energy around quality apps. So I'm hoping the store gets better, but I'm, I, I don't disagree with anything Scott says there. I think it was, I know they wanted to go well in consumer, but they really haven't. And they really can do well in enterprise, and it's time to start focusing on that. And I'm really hoping what we see at Build and what we see in, in 8.1, like you're referring to there, is about enterprise tablets really making a difference. And I think the consumer stuff will come. I agree. I agree completely. So, Scott, thanks so much for your comment. A coveted tablet show mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a tablet show mug, just write a comment on the website at thetabletshow.com. And with that, let us introduce our guest, Lorund Bunyon. Lorund works as a senior director for Identity Mine, one of the leading companies and gold partners for Microsoft technologies such as Windows Presentation Foundation, Silverlight, PixelSense, Windows 8, Windows Phone, Xbox, and generally user experience. He's based in Zurich, Switzerland, where he lives with his wife, Chimai, and his two daughters, Elise and Leticia. Welcome, Laurent. Thank you. 
So, Lagrun, what did you think about uh, Scott's comment there? Yeah, he makes uh, he makes good points. I mean, definitely. But uh, it's one of those crazy situations where I totally understand why Microsoft is doing it. And I totally understand why people are unhappy with it. And the comment about many apps, for example, this is something which uh, which personally, you know, which I'm personally interested in because I want quality apps. But unfortunately, the tech press doesn't care about quality apps. They care about 100,000 apps. And what those apps do or how much duplicate they are, nobody in the, you know, journalists don't care about it. So they write about, oh my God, they have reached, you know, so many apps in so many months. And actually, in terms of consumer, who cares, right? The users. Uh, nobody I, wants 100,000 apps. I think 100,000 apps is a disaster, much less 800,000 so. apps. No, I, I agree. And uh, especially when you see the numbers of iOS, for example, where you see that out of those apps, uh, I'm not sure how many percent, but uh, never you know, been many have never been downloaded or have been downloaded and then used once yeah. and then never again. So, so yeah, no, totally, I, I agree. The, the comment about the consumer thing, though, I, I think it's interesting because um, the phone followed the same strategy. So they went after consumers first, and now they have a very good enterprise story. And which, okay, could be a little bit better. Like, yeah. for example, you know, VPN support would the be The difference great, there, though, is that the phone is a consumer device. Yeah, but Whereas you can Whereas the PC... No, the PC, yes, but he's talking about Windows 8, right? Yeah, about right. Windows RT, which yeah. is not really a PC. So what is Windows RT? But it I is, though, and that's the, that. that's the thing, is that Microsoft tried to make it an operating system for the desktop and for tablets. So, yeah, but you could argue that all those business applications run on Windows 8 on the desktop because yeah. those are WPF anyway, right? And WPF is still the, you know, the framework of choice if you want to, or WinForms even, sure. right? Sure, So, uh, Windows RT, so what is Windows RT really? And I don't know for you, you have a big Acer here. I bet you never, almost never use Windows RT applications on it. No, well, it doesn't, I don't run Windows RT. Yeah. Well, you have Asus, yep. and there is a touchscreen there, so maybe you do sometimes. Right? I have the, the precursor model before the touchscreen model, yeah. so yeah, right. I don't have okay. touchscreen on this one. Oh, okay, too bad, but still, I mean, there you is see a what model I mean, with right? Touch. My point is that this is a different form factor already, and of course, I have the, the RT here. I have a few other computers where yeah. I use you know, Windows RT applications sometimes. And depending what is the use case, so yeah, so so I get what you're saying is that yeah. okay for the for the enterprise and for yeah. the professional versions of Windows 8 that run on the desktop, we just have to put up with this Windows App Store stuff for a while, but it's not really ours yet. No, I think so. Anyway, I'm, I always said that those Windows RT applications are not replacement for desktop apps. They are what I call companions, you know? So yeah. it's like a phone app, really. Sure. So this is why I, I was making, you know, the comparison. I, I think that, that yeah. this is something you do in addition to the applications that you have, which runs on the desktop and, you know, which is maybe more complete. But then you want to touch other kind of customers. I think it probably. just speaks to the fact that we're ready for some real apps now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well... You know, we, we do relapse definitely, but it's true that uh, so far the, the space has been very much for consumers. Yeah. And just like on the phone again, right? And, and now we are ready for enterprise apps. Absolutely. I, I hate that Microsoft followed the pack on this. They had an opportunity to mm -hmm. say, no, 100,000 apps is stupid. Mm -hmm. We're only going to put in quality apps. We're going to keep the bar really high. Yeah, it's, uh, it's true. And, uh, you know, they have tried by, for example, promoting and trying to encourage developers to sell their apps at higher prices, yes. for example. And uh, unfortunately, that doesn't work because people already, you know, are unhappy when they pay 90 cents for an app. Yeah, and for no good reason. Uh, no, for yeah. no, well, yes. Especially the good reason is that they are people, you know. <laughs> so especially a version just, one app on a brand new operating system. Yeah. I know, yeah. No, so uh, personally, I thought that you could, you know, very well go ahead and, and sell that for 10 bucks. I mean, 10 bucks sure. is okay for an app. You I know? think anything under the price of a latte. 
Yeah. You know, as soon as you're talking about a drink that you're only going to drink half of and throw away, yeah. that's cheap enough. Yeah. Well, maybe not a price of a latte in Oslo. <laughs> <laughs> that would be back to the 10 bucks that we were talking about. <laughs> $13 for two iced coffees yesterday Jeez. at Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What have you been working on, Laurent? I, I really appreciate your insight around the, this sure. whole conversation because it's it is driving everybody crazy. Absolutely. How we're going to get this right? Yeah. No, it, it, it's true. And uh, so I, I've been working on a lot of consumer apps recently mm-hmm. because we are working, you know, on Windows 8, Windows Phone, and Xbox. And uh, I can't really name the apps, but it has been really big. You know, big names, consumer apps, definitely. But we also do a lot of uh, enterprise apps, which makes me very happy. Like, for example, one of the latest I worked on is a WPF application for uh, paper meals, which is like industrial, you know, so that's awesome. So there's no, this is not a a B2C play where I've seen a lot of companies getting tablet apps made to connect with their customers, which I don't think is a bad idea, but I think that's a particular class of app Mm -hmm. that's, you know, still essentially a consumer play. Yeah, it's possible for us. We've been doing a lot of retail apps. We've been doing a lot of uh, entertainment applications. So, you know, video on demand, uh, big uh, TV networks want to have their promotional material, online st- stuff like that. Yeah. And once you deliver the app, what does the customer think? How's the, fee- how's the feedback been? So far, we've been we've had great reviews, so I'm happy about it. Uh, we've had a few uh, cases where people are a little bit irked that they cannot use the app yet because they are in the wrong okay. jail zone. But you know that's what happens. Yeah, <laughs> this whole the the country mapping thing is like these are artificial constraints. You know, internet people don't think that way. It's tough. Yeah, I agree. And especially when it comes to media. So the geofencing in media is really can be frustrating. I mean, being a you know a European, I yep. can talk about it. I, I get frustrated. And it's even more frustrating because you can actually go around it by downloading the stuff yep. illegally. Right. You, so what do you yeah. do? Yeah. You, you're encouraging piracy with these artificial constraints. I think so as well. But anyway, you know, that's, uh, that's what it is. And copyrights and digital right managements are still there. And we have to live with that, definitely. But, uh, no, we've, we've had good reviews. We've had great reviews, uh, at times. And, uh, that makes us, of course, very happy. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and it's nice to see that you get a lot of apps out there. Yeah. I'm still waiting to see the great tablet enterprise app. Something that, yep. that is the competitive advantage. I yep. mean, I get the B2C app. That's fine. And, sure. I, and I see it as an advantage. But an internal application for employees within an organization that specifically utilizes that form factor and makes creates this advantage, yeah. I don't know what that looks like yet. I think it's got to do with collaboration. But, yeah. you know, what is it actually? Yeah, it's true. I think we need to... Um so what's, what's really exciting me in the next version is that we will have, uh, you know, now we have the snap view, which is already great. You have 300 pixels on the side and then you have your application running in a, in a lower, in a, in a less noisy state right. and then you can collaborate with another app, right? Yeah. So now we, you will be able to split your screen 50-50 yeah. and on larger screen, you can even run multiple applications. I, I think up to four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So that's something which is cool because I noticed that when I use my slate on the plane, especially in the US where people tend to look over my shoulder and say, what what are you doing? This is always what they comment about, that I can have two apps on the same screen. Right. And they tell me, oh, what what model of iPad is that? Because mine cannot do (laughs) it. (laughs) Exactly. So so that is something which is great. And if you have the right kind of designers, which I think we do... Hi to the creative team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I need to be friendly with them because yes. they are, you know, creative. So, uh, no, when you have the, the right kind of people, they can come up with so good ideas in order to have this collaboration between apps. So that's really well, awesome. Now, are you able to split the screen according to a percentage or are you still 
so that's the thing I'm not totally sure about. Uh, in the video by Jensen Harris, he was not totally clear if you can do just, uh, you know, 300 pixel and then 50-50 and then the 300 pixel on the other side, or if you can select any Yeah, you want to be able to grab that bar and just slide it. Yeah, exactly. That's and then what I would hope. Layout. Yeah, I think it's what's coming, but I'm not totally sure. It's actually easier to code for that than it is for, you know, a, a, a list of states. Yeah, especially in XAML. I mean, XAML makes that so easy because you can just uh, have the adaptive layout, which you have in right. HTML, but you can also switch templates, right? You can just work on a percentage rather yeah. than a... and then you say, you know, when I reach that critical size, then switch to another template, right. which is simplified. And we did that in, in WPF so many times already. So having that in Windows RT is really great. Yeah, and it, and it does sound a lot like responsive web design. It, yeah, But XAML absolutely. did it first, basically. Well, I don't know if they did it first, but I would argue that they do it better because you have now, you know, especially the grid system is awesome. And yeah. this is something that, I mean, anybody who tried to center an item vertically in HTML knows what I'm talking about, right? You basically cannot really do it yeah what does center mean exactly yeah <laughs> it's 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 kind of hard yeah so uh no the grid system is awesome it's really adaptive so when you when you resize it will resize smoothly and uh, as i say at some point you just switch to another template because then it doesn't make sense to be adaptive anymore so you just boom and and that's it yeah no it's very very cool and it, yep. it does seem to be you know it's all xaml all c sharp on the on the tablet development space that's what i hear more and more and yeah. i'm i'm not totally surprised and actually i was um, reacting you know personally to uh to what justin posted and so that most of the improvements to controls are either for example and WinJS or for example only right. and i think there is a trend here definitely Absolutely. to uh to improve the, the, the you know the XAML framework uh, which has been right now a little bit below mm. what is offered in terms of controls and all that you know what is offered to uh to html developers well, i think they were really counting on all those html developers to take you know, to really jump in. Yeah. And that unfortunately really didn't happen. And No. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I'm not surprised personally because uh, I think my, my very first reaction was to say, you know, if web developers don't develop for desktop, it's not because yeah. they don't know the language. It's because they don't want to develop for desktop. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. mean, look at look at uh, Objective-C for crying out loud. It's not Absolutely. the easiest development environment, but no. that's where the money was. So that's what people learned. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, developers just learn new languages. That's what they do, right? Sure. At least developers was, you know, their soul. So I'm, I went from JavaScript to Java to C sharp. Right. Back then. So I know that this uh, transition was actually pretty easy, you know, and uh, it's definitely easier than going from, you know, C sharp to JavaScript. So the opposite way makes more sense. And this is what people do. Yeah. I can also see that the HTML folks will show up when there's a critical mass of devices and That's there is possible. an opportunity there. Yeah, that's possible. So I'm, I'm, I'm still not totally sure about it. I mean, the, uh, you know, there are a few phone gaps up, for example, on, on Windows phone, sure. but not that many really. And, and they tend to be of lower quality in terms of, you know, user interaction and, and the design. Like there was this, uh, this beer application recently, which is putting, uh, an iOS looking Windows phone app and yeah. their reviews went down in flames yeah. because of that. The, Uber now has an app for Win8, uh -huh. and it is a phone gap app, yeah. and it is simply wrapping the mm -hmm. Uber website. Yeah. It is not good. Yeah, it's a. It, it, I appreciate that they found a way to be on the device. Absolutely, no. I is agree. that because of the phone gap, or is it because they just decide to cut and paste? Yeah, I think they cut and pasted. Yeah, and, that, and that's the real. Because I, I, I have nothing wrong with phone gap. I think if you yeah. actually work within its capabilities, yeah. you're going to build a pretty good app. But you've got to do that. 
I agree. And I, I think that uh, PhoneGap is probably a great framework, but I think that if you want to reach the quality that you really want, you have to put probably as much time or maybe even more time than you would with XAML and C-Shop solution. And, well, and then you also get back to this idea. If I'm going to put up that kind of effort, just build a native app. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well, yeah. All right, so here's a customer comes to you and says, we, we want an app. Yep. You know, we're thinking WPF, but you tell us what you think. What's going to be the factor that says, mm -hmm. why don't we build a Metro app, a Windows 8 app? Yeah, for me, it's really the, uh, so, so where is your application going to run? Mm -hmm. Is it an application that you want to be mobile or is it an application which is going to be really a desktop app where people are sitting at their desk? Is there going to be a lot of touch interaction? Mm -hmm. So you can do, you know, great touch applications with WPF. Mm -hmm. But if you tell me, no, no, it's only touch and the people are always standing and they're always you know, walking around, right. then I will tell them, well, okay, is battery life a concern? If it's a concern, then maybe you should rather go with WinRT, right? So it's kind of a use case. To sure. be honest, the people who come to us mostly have their decision made already. So, And you find they're making the right decision? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because they have, uh, because they know their users and we yeah. don't, right? So they right. are the guys who tell us, okay, our users want to have something in the mobile space. Our users want to have a, you know, a phone app. Our users want oh, to Oh, okay. Have so they, they know what the requirements are, but they don't yeah necessarily know that RT is the answer or whatever. That's correct, though I find that people who come to us are often quite well informed. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we, we rarely had that discussion, really. We had uh, often, you know, the discussion, do you want a, a Windows 8 application with HTML or with C Sharp? And yeah. we did a couple with HTML because uh, in some cases, it just makes more sense. So mm -hmm. yes, I agree. You know, if you have some uh, some stuff that is pre-rendered on the server and right. then they send you HTML, which is already ready, if they have a, a very, very HTML heavy, you know, you don't always have a very good API, which right. is, you know, delivering some JSON without any bind to any, you know, UI. What about right? a hybrid solution? Is that is that possible to do a HTML WinJS app on the front end and then some uh, assemblies in C Sharp and whatever on the back? So you you can share, though. I don't think that you can really share. Uh, well, you know, you can have hybrid applications. Uh, so the hybrid applications that we do mostly are really XAML C Sharp with some uh, C++ yeah, components okay. inside it or HTML JavaScript with some C++ components. And mostly the reason is because the C++ components are just faster. And it. if you have really something which is absolutely performance critical, then that's the route, the route you would go. And I have heard a few folks talk about that, that the RT device, uh, the, the Surface RT is not that strong that... that you know, compared to the Pro device or some of the other Intel-based yeah. tablets, is not as fast. Or is it? Or was it more the GPU isn't that strong? Yeah, it's uh, it it can be a little bit difficult sometimes. So we have some performance, and and the Surface is probably the the least you know the least worse <laughs> of all. So uh, if you have a uh, you know one of those cheaper devices, it it can lead to problems sometimes. So this is the situation where you have to resort to a few uh, improvement performance improvements. Right. Um, thankfully, you know, you know how to do that after a while. So you are able quite fast to identify if you have some super long lists with a lot of virtualization, for example, that can cause a few issues. Sure. So this is where you want to, uh, you know, to start uh, maybe rethinking your design a little bit. And this is where we sometimes go into design compromise. Um, just because of those, you know, cheaper and, and, and slower devices. Yeah. Generally speaking, I found that, uh, that the team did a great job and probably, you know, fueled by their experience on Windows Phone in delegating animations to background threads and, yeah. and doing these kind of things. So, so but I mean, the RT device is the only ARM device. Do you know yeah. of any others? 
Uh, you mean the Surface? You mean? Yeah, for the Surface. No, yeah, yeah. There is also the Samsung Active Tab, for example, which is one, okay. uh, which is a, a, a little bit smaller, thinner. I have one at home, so my my you know wife and kids use it. And it's also ARM. Yeah, okay. exactly. So there is two. Uh, no, there are a few. I think. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the you know how many, but uh, not that many. But there are a few. Yeah. And the and the Surface is not the lowest performance of. No, that. the Surface would rather be the the best. One, one of the fast ones. Because I've always yeah. got the sense that Microsoft tried to build that device as the minimum bar. That anybody else making an RT device mm-hmm. would go over that bar, but it doesn't sound like that's the case. I, I didn't really see that happening, and mm-hmm. I think the I think that most of the devices actually were released before uh, the before Microsoft Surface. Surface yeah, okay. and so I'm I'm not sure exactly how they compare. I, I didn't do a benchmark test to be sure. honest, so it's based only on on feeling. I have a feeling that the Surface performs not that bad. Right, but but talking to other folks that are building Win8 apps, they have had cases where their app worked fine on their machine. Yeah. And then when they submitted to the store, they've been rejected because yeah. it wasn't performing adequately on the Surface RT. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely a case. And I I guess when they say on my machine, they had uh, you know an i7 yeah. <laughs> developer device, yeah, exactly right? Exactly right. So that's uh, that's the problem, and this is why uh, I I strongly advocate you know just to test the user experience, you need to have a couple of devices mm-hmm. on your own, just like you should probably have a couple of, of phones, you know. This portion of the tablet show is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework to free agile management tools and content management systems, all of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash free stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash free stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting the tablet show. So it seems that Microsoft is sort of betting the farm on Windows 8 and, and it really it's clear that they have to succeed in the enterprise if they're sure. going to stay relevant, right? So what is it going to take for for you to you know, to actually say, we're going to build a, a Windows 8, Windows Store app instead of a desktop app. Yeah, good point about the Windows Store versus Windows Desktop, right? So yeah. for me, it's really a matter of form factor and how do you use your app. Okay. So I would say if you have, for example, and let's talk about business apps, right? If you have a, a you know, user comes to me and tells me, hey, I have... Uh, a store clerk needs to do inventory and mm-hmm. he's going to be walking around and he's going to use it mostly with touch and it's going to be, uh, you know, less typing. So in other more. words, if it's not mobile on a tablet, you there's no reason for you. Right now, I that's rather what I would recommend. I would say, hey, let's try to do an application where you can share code. Nice right. segue into my session here, by the way. Okay, but what if, what yeah. if we had all of the promised hardware support that sure. we have now and let's say we've got all the features that we have mm-hmm. in wpf right yep. and uh and we have you know native xaml which yep. is faster obviously sure. that wpf has suffered in the speed department there well, you know xaml on the gpu is a good thing mm-hmm. uh and you know we we can make an experience maybe we've got touch screens in the mm-hmm. in the office maybe touch monitors or that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but we can ha- 
I guess what I'm saying is, can you foresee a time when we will not write WPF apps and mm-hmm. instead just just write Windows mm-hmm. Store apps? Yeah, I don't think I don't think we will ever not write WPF apps or not write desktop apps, whatever technology we use. Um, not in the next two to five years. I don't think yeah. this is... You so know, do you think what has to happen, I guess, is my question in yeah, order for that to work? Yeah, I'm guessing what needs to to happen is really... Um, so I, I'm not super convinced about the RT devices in terms of what you can do with them, like mostly because I cannot develop on an RT device, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that if we had a Windows 8 Pro device, mm-hmm. which has a battery life of 12 hours, yeah. but real hours, not, you know, not Apple hours, real right. hours, right. Um, then we could say, okay, let's do applications which really cover every case. And then you have a machine that you can use as a desktop computer with a mouse and a keyboard. Well, that's what I'm getting at. So, so, you know, with a typical PC at a desktop right now, it doesn't make a lot of sense because you can't, you know, you're going to have Gorilla Arm and all that. But, and I've gotten to this point a couple of times in this, in the tablet show, which is what I want is I want a big display in front of me at an angle. Yep. Where I'm not necessarily using a keyboard and mouse, mm-hmm. I have a pop-up keyboard when I need to enter text, and I'm yeah. using my fingers for everything. Mm-hmm. And that kind of work environment is really what I think has to happen in order for mm-hmm. us to not consider the old, you know, the old metaphors. Yeah. No, I agree, but uh, but even then, I think we'll still be in a in a kind of a hybrid environment. Like yeah. for example, consider you know the perceptive pixels displays that they have there's the biggest one i think is 85 inch yeah and in those machines now they do run windows 8 on it and they do run the start screen and the you know the microsoft modern design applications on it but it's kind of a little bit weird right so this is typically one of those cases where you want to adapt your ui to those very specific conditions uh, so, so you will have the, you know, the mixed form factors and then you will have to adapt your app. So now after that, the question of, uh, okay, do I do one app which adapts itself to every form factor or do I do multiple apps? I think for me, it, it really kind of depends. I mean, but, uh, it's, it's mostly a question of how you structure your project. It doesn't really make a huge difference because you can use, you know, WPF. Well, you can use XAML and C sharp on all those form factors. Right. So and in the, the end, it's portable class libraries seem to be helping as well in that. Yeah, portable class libraries are. I, I mean, there is definitely a, a strong movement inside Microsoft and and in the community as well in writing C sharp everywhere. Right. I mean, consider Xamarin, for example, going on Xamarin, arguably uh, keeping Microsoft in the game. You could argue that. Yeah. yeah. At least, at least it makes uh, it makes Microsoft developers super happy because with uh, you know low effort, you can actually go to uh, you know to, to to Apple and to Android. With, but there is a uh, conflict apps. there. You know, we were also talking about the idea that as programmers, we will change languages, give us the, give us the right platform. Yeah. And here's Xamarin saying, "Oh, yeah. C sharp, everything." Well, well, it's because the <laughs> C sharp developers would rather program in C sharp than anything. I think. I yeah you could maybe argue that I mean uh, I think in the case of Xamarin the the appeal is that you can actually reuse the code so I think the appeal is yeah. not about changing language it's more about hey I wrote that already why do I have to write it again you know yeah like, and like and, whole... and when you put out a new version you you're going to put out a version for everybody at once exactly yeah which is which is attractive right yeah. so and, and portable class libraries are exactly that as well right you mm-hmm. do uh, you code once for all your XAML based frameworks and then after that you do a, a, a tailored XAML solution for yes. those, uh, which is a very neat way to work. You know, it's uh, it's still a little bit early. I mean, they are they are working on it. It's still a work in progress. Uh, but already now you can do applications 
where uh, like in my session in one hour i developed two apps right which is uh, quite a lot i mean it's a you could argue it's a very simple app and all that sure. but still i mean it's an application connecting to json doing the whole deserialization serialization goo you write it once yeah the whole view model the whole uh, you know how do i drive my ui you write it once and then you just tailor the example for your for your and you're really showing off your mvvm product or tell, sure. tell us about that yeah, sure. Well, I have uh, I have this toolkit, uh, MVVM Lite, and uh, I've been working on it for a few years now. I think I started in 2009 uh, with version mm -hmm. 1, and um, it, it was actually intended uh, as a framework or a toolkit to help me write blog posts because yeah. I was tired of having to rewrite the same code over and over okay. again. So I said, well, let's do something educational and uh, show to people, okay, this is you know, I tell you how to do it once, but later I don't tell you again because you have it, right? Right. And um, then I showed that to some friends in the uh, back then WPF community, you know, in 2009. Uh, Silverlight was, you know, there, but starting up only. I think it was version 3 probably. Right. And um, and people told me, that's great. I want to build apps with that. So then I did a version 2, which was more production ready. Uh, Glenn Block helped me. You know, Glenn probably. Uh, sure. Oh, um, yeah. He's a great guy. <laughs> so he helped me. Uh, other people in the community helped me, helped me quite a lot. And uh, then I put it out and it actually exploded. So initially with WPF Silverlight, uh, then later when Windows Phone came, I made a Windows Phone version, which really started the, the product, you could say. Uh, Windows 8 is supported as well. And we have uh, probably around 200,000 downloads at the time. So it's, uh, it's quite big. So with one view model, you can support all the Microsoft platforms. That's correct. Uh, the idea here being, uh, there, are, there are two main ideas. The first idea is use the same techniques, the same workflow, and you know even the same code on all XAML frameworks. And the second idea being really very strongly supporting the design time experience, right. because that's what we do. We do applications with great user experience at IdentityMind, and we have the workflows to do it. And we want to use Blend. I'm very close from the Blend team. We work you know, very close together. Um, in creating design time experience, which is really, you know, very, very good. Yeah, I always wrestle when we talk about this cross-platform development practice. Sure. That what is the percentage that's unique to the platform? Obviously, it's the view pieces and the UI pieces in general. Yeah. But yeah, I'm always worried about how much that actually mm -hmm. is, you know, how much time we're saving ourselves yeah. for the hoops we have to jump through to try and have a common set of code. No, I agree. And um, the, the thing which is interesting with, uh, with portable class libraries is they really try to avoid that you have to jump through any hoops. Right. You know, so um, like, you know, let's take web access, right? So historically, web access has been hybrid in like, for example, you don't do web in WPF the right. same way than you do in Silverlight because in Silverlight, everything is asynchronous while in WPF, not always. Right. In, uh, in Windows RT, you have HTTP client, which doesn't exist in the others. Now in portable class library, you have one way to do web access. It's HTTP client and that's it. So you use it. And then after that, if you go to WPF where HTTP client actually doesn't exist, right? Right. right. Then you can use that. No yeah. problem. Right. So it's a, it's a nice way, you know? And the, the thing which is really different is that you have binary compatibility. So mm -hmm. it's not a code sharing experience. It's really a binary sharing experience. So it's, it's really cool. It's kind of amazing, actually. Yeah. When you think about the level that we're talking about there. I, I do think so. And it's uh, kind of amazing that they don't speak about it more. So yeah. uh, that's why I'm, I'm always happy to talk about it and present it. And I have to say the, so the, the MVVM Lite version for PCL, for Portable Cross Library, was made by the Portable Library team, mm -hmm. which is really cool. They came to me, they said, hey, we want to have a kind of a sample 
toolkit, the production thing that we want to port to PCL to show that you, that it can be done. Right. Right. And uh, I'm happy they did because they had to, you know, do a few experiments and find out a few internal, uh, internal things. It probably helped to make uh, PCL better as well yep. in the progress, in the process. And, um, they did a great job. I mean, the, there are, Quite a few people downloading it and, and using it next to the uh, normal, you know, classic version. Well, and all the folks that we've been talking to on the show that are serious about Win8 development have right away, you should be using the PCL. So, you know, mm -hmm. we've been banging the drum now for the past few weeks. Yep, yeah. It's good. I mean, it, it, mm -hmm. it, it makes me happy. We only get to see each other here like once a year or so. <laughs> right. And right away you're like, dude, we got to be using PCL. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. Laurent says so as well. Yeah. So no, that's I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think we are at a point now. You know, last year I was a little bit more careful in, in saying that because yeah. it was a work in progress. This year I'm, I'm pretty happy about the you know, the stage that they are at. Uh, there are still a few libraries that we use which are still kind of pre-release and going to sta to stable version more and more. Yeah. Um, so there is still a little bit, you know, keep your eyes open, right? Definitely. Yeah. But uh, no, it's moving very fast and I think it's very exciting. All right, Lacaron, what's on your wish list? For Windows 8? <laughs> uh, yeah, for, for all of this stuff. Right. My private jet is on yeah. my wish list. No, so, just kidding. Um, <laughs> on mine too. How yeah, did you know? Oh my God. <laughs> no, that's, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. I think that we need to, uh, the, the thing that I really would like to see is Microsoft acknowledging officially that XAML C Sharp is where things are okay. when you do Windows 8 development yep. and, and pushing in that space and, working on perf so that's always a thing you know which is because you have data binding you have a very comfortable framework and of course it needs some perf sure. work so uh, I, I would love to see really uh, more attention put into XAML, more love given to the XAML team at, at Microsoft, which does great work yeah. you know, with the resources they have. I don't think it's. I don't think most people are just aware that you know there's only one XAML team now. That all the Silverlight guys and all the WPF guys, it's, it's one team, and they work for Windows. Yeah, like it's been well, driven into the OS. Yeah, that's great. That's where well, it well, should the, be though. The, the XAML okay. team. There are also you know people working on XAML for Xbox, for example, etc. Yeah. So there, there are a few XAML. Teams at Microsoft, you could say, but here I'm talking about really the Windows RT, XAML yeah. C Sharp team, right? To to be precise, uh, and and yes, yeah, they do, and they belong to Windows. It's true, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I just think that from a developer's perspective, we're we've had challenges with Microsoft shifting their goals and focus on yeah. on UI, especially. Sure. And now, when they ask me that question, I'm like. Dude, it's in Windows. It's mm -hmm. never going away. No, that's true. They ship the VB6 runtime in <laughs> Windows 8. Yeah. Right? How long do you think they're going to ship the XAML stack as part of Windows yeah. now that it's in there? Yeah. It's it's Ever. it's 20 years, 30 <laughs> no, years. No, for sure, yeah. You know? No, for sure. And uh, I have to say, uh, so another thing which is on my wish list personally is, uh, you know, Silverlight support in Windows RT. We yeah. have Flash, so why don't we have Silverlight, right? Yeah. This is something which just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, so that's the thing I would like to see, but to, to, you know, underline Silverlight. I mean, we still have Silverlight clients and yep. they are still happy working with it because they are s just so much more productive with it, right? Sure. It's and not it's like supported. Silverlight combusted one day. No. You know, it's no, still, the, the a whole great dead product. thing is, uh, is a new awesome. thing to say. You know, it's still awesome. It still works. It's still supported for 10 years. So what else do you want? Right? Yeah. What was Don Box's line way back when? It's not dead. It's done. 
<laughs> right. Well, you could argue that you know Civil Light Six would be really cool. So yeah. that's uh, one thing you could put on my on my wish list. I I'm not holding my breath, but but I think if we just had already Civil Light support in uh, in Windows RT, that would be one thing which would make me quite. I happy. really I really want to see. And going back to my idea here is that uh, I really want to see a compelling reason for us to build Windows Eight Windows Store apps. Agreed. Yeah. In the enterprise. Mm -hmm. On you know in a touch desktop environment, I yep. want to see that environment turn into mm -hmm. a slanted desk based. Mm -hmm. You know maybe it's an all in one that can tilt way back. Like you know they yeah. have we have these now, but I, I'd like to see that take over mm -hmm. in the desktop space. Yeah, that's a that's a nice idea, and uh, I I love so for me the thing which really excited me you know last year and and before that when we started to see uh, Windows eight. Um, was the new form factors. And, uh, yesterday I was talking about the, you know, checking the transformer, for example, the Asus. I don't want to name names, but I think this is the kind of stuff which is interesting. You know, you plug it out, you have a slate. It's yeah. actually pretty light. It's nice. It's huge, right? Yeah, the, the it's screen big. is really big. Uh, but it's light. And then when you plug it in, then you have a, a laptop with additional HDD and additional power. Yeah. So that's a nice ID, for example. Uh, I'm using the Samsung Slate at home, the Slate 7, right? This is yep. also cool because you have the dock, so you have power, you have, you know, Ethernet, you have USB, additional USB, whatever. And then when you take it out, you can write, you have a digitizer, so you can write by hand, you can take notes and all that, which is pretty cool, right? Yeah. So, so these kind of form factor are exciting me because I think with one device and one app, then you have multiple use cases so if they push in that direction so yeah my wish list is even more awesome I'm, hardware i'm beginning to wonder if the i hate that we use the same terms i mean we've been talking about windows rt the development space the apis right. but when you talk about the surface rt device i just wonder if the arm devices are going to survive you know, I'm, I'm, I've been asking myself that very question and I've been even asking myself a little bit controversially if it made sense to bring ARM devices at all. I you appreciate know? it from the, from my perspective, Microsoft doing that to give a warning to Intel. Yes. There's an alternative. Agreed. Get your power demands down. Yes. And, and, you know, run more efficiently. Yeah. But I feel like Intel's done it. The Atom processor is amazing. Yeah. And the new Haskell set that's coming is amazing. That's I was correct. Say there's another kid on the block now, the Haskell set. Exactly, and that's very, very exciting. And I think that when they started Windows RT on at you know on ARM devices, it totally made sense because yep. there was really nothing else. And like you said, it was giving a message. Uh, when you ask if they are going to survive, I think that the day where you get a Windows 8 Pro computer with you know eight hours at least battery life. Yeah. Then that's that's done. You know, I've got that little. We should say Haswell, not Haskell. Has we got Haswell, yeah, right? Haswell. Yeah. I've got that little W five ten from Acer, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's saying it's thinner than the Surface. Mm -hmm. It's it's more iPod form factor. It's only about six hour battery life, but it came with a you could get a hundred dollar keyboard for it that had another ten hour battery in it. Right. So once you snapped it into that, mm -hmm. uh, that was that's an astonishing machine. Yep. Guys, I think that machines are going to change dramatically once graphene gets into the equation. I can't, I can't talk. Uh -huh. I can't do one show without talking <laughs> about like graphene. You like graphene, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, a, you know, we are, we are on the cusp of such a revolution in electronics, yeah. both in memory and in storage mm -hmm. and in battery life. Everything's just going to get smaller and thinner uh -huh. and, and a, by a factor of 10. Yeah, it's a good point. And I think that we were a slave to Moore's law for quite a while, you yeah. know, and uh, they, the only innovation was really, hey, how many, how much, how many more 
processors can we put yeah. on the same process on, you know on the same cpu right yeah. and now we're at a point where you know we are starting to be so small that they are playing with atoms right and so we need something else and the something else is really exciting yeah i'm wondering we, the arc of Moore's law is continuing pretty well and, and that's really interesting the bigger thing here is just recognizing stuff's fast enough yes right they, we we've not cared about cpu speed for a while yeah, because uh, they run great. I it mean, doesn't matter. No, exactly. It's, it's yeah. sufficient. Yep. Well, okay. I want to take a little bit of exception with that. It's sufficient if you're writing in a very low-level, difficult language, if you're doing some high-speed graphics and things like that, okay? Um, True. Uh, what I want is, you know, XAML running on the GPU. Like, I yeah. want to be able to do XAML-style development, you know, with all these objects and things, and I want it to run at DirectX speed. Mm -hmm. That's what I really want. So... Mm -hmm. So while, yeah, it's fast enough if you do a lot of hard work, I mm -hmm. want it that fast without the hard work. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And this is uh, the story of the Windows Phone development, for example, where when we started with Windows Phone 7, uh, you know, the, the scrolling was not very good. So yeah. we had to do some hard things in the background to get it right. And, and now I think they reach a point where it's really nice. I mean, we can develop in a very comfortable way. And not worry too much about that. But yeah, your idea of putting, you know, even more load on the on the GPU, that that's awesome. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And it's clearly coming. I mean, Moore's Law is just making that easier and easier. Yeah. We have a lot of horsepower available to us. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I mean, when you see how much how, is, GPUs have how much memory now, you know, yeah. more than I had in my computers two years ago, sure. you know. Yeah. So, no, that's awesome. Yeah. So, battery life with graphene batteries is going to, you know. 10 times is yeah and charge you know in seconds yeah and then you know we were just reading this article today about how they've figured out how to turn the magnetic uh magnetism on a graphene turn it on and mm. off so essentially you have magnetic bits yep that's magnetic cool. atoms mm -hmm. right yep yeah, that's so uh, makes for a lot of storage <laughs> a lot of storage yeah. very fast uh -huh. and yeah petabytes of storage yeah, that's pretty cool little, yeah. yeah i mean i i'm the more cynical guy here <laughs> Yeah, I'm clearly a little over enthusiastic. <laughs> the the reason we're hearing so much from graphene right now is because science we're finally being able to produce it in sufficient quantity that scientists are starting to experiment with it, and they're trying to get funding. Sure, and that's why all these articles are out there. These projects are at their very earliest research mm -hmm. stage. They're promising the world. Mm -hmm. We're well in the in the height of this you know hype cycle. Yeah, and it's gonna go down. No, I, I understand. There, but investors are all over it too. Like, you yeah, know, they want you to invest in it. No, I understand that, but see, I mean, you see some awesome, you know, products coming from research. I mean, yeah. I, I, I love the touch, you know, the, the touch cover on touch the surface. Cover on the surface is really and nice. honestly, some people tell me I cannot type with it. I don't, I don't get it because I type. I mean, I type MSDN magazine articles on it, you know, <laughs> and my fingers don't hurt, you know, yeah. so it, it's... You've learned to control your pressure. I, well, I guess so, and for some people, it just works, you yeah. know, so I, I love it, and I love that because I hate typing on the screen. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of too smooth and, and everything, so that's something... And this is something that I would never have thought would come, yes. you know, something like that. So there are so many great things coming from research. I mean, mm -hmm. think about Kinect, right? Or, yep. you know, now you have Leap Motion and all these things. And think of how constrained we are by disks and things like that you know true. what if there was just memory yeah and some of it persisted and yeah. some of it didn't no that's true and uh, what you say is is true i mean consider ssds right great ssds are wonderful i wouldn't like to live without an ssd anymore sure. but i had to cut my memory so much to have an ssd you know because i don't want to spend you know two thousand dollar on yeah. one uh, on a yeah but you've you find a way to live in 120 gigs. Yeah, yeah. And so, now we so have. So, what uh, if your device had a terabyte of memory, and you could allocate which was which mm -hmm. was persistent and which wasn't? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's no, pretty what, cool. What happens to software at that mm -hmm. point? 
Yeah. Seriously, what happens to databases? Yeah. Yeah, the thing which is a little bit frightening, though, is that... Uh, so I come from a world, <laughs> you know, I have a bit of experience behind me, and I was initially starting to program on embedded controllers. So we they were custom-made, actually. Sure. So we were coding, and every byte was, was counting. And yeah. then when you go to the desktop computer, you don't really care anymore. And yeah. then you see a whole lot of people developing crazy apps which fill your disk because they just don't care for that. So I, I think it's still important to keep in mind, you know, those sure. things, right? And and have applications which perform because you can always do a, a, a cow of an application even on, on an i7, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so keep that in mind. But but other than that, I mean, the you know, that and illimited data access. So, you know, right. I'm talking about clouds sure. and all that. Uh, that opens really doors to, yeah, to, 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 right. to really cool stuff. So, Laurent, what is next for you? What are you doing next? So next for me, I'm uh, actually have a bit of travel planned. Uh, I'm going to um, to build uh, in two weeks, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then after that, I'm going back to Seattle to uh, to work with uh, with clients there. So very happy about it because I love Seattle. Um, happy to go back also to the uh, you know identity mine headquarters and see my colleagues for a while. Uh, that will be cool. Uh, we have a you know bunch of uh, applications in the pipeline. Uh, mostly, it's going to be you know Windows 8, Windows Phone apps. We have uh, Xbox. How many stuff did you up. say you had in the store? Uh, we have. I, I'm not sure the actual number now, but last time I checked, we had uh, 26 uh, Windows 8 applications Great. and f- about about 50 Windows Phone apps. And what's the most popular Windows 8 application? I cannot really name names because of oh. you know publicity agreements and all that. But we have some really big names, so very happy about it. There are apps you've installed, but you know you guys are the behind-the-scenes builders of it. Absolutely, yeah. We develop, uh, you know, for customers. We help them to uh, get started because very often they have development teams, but they are not totally sure how to start with okay. it. So we help them. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for uh, spending Absolutely. this time with us. It's been great. Thanks. And we'll see you next time on the Tablet Show. It's not too much, but it means a lot. Just try-